0: This is a Sunday message from New Community Church in London. To discover more about New Community, visit newcom.church. We're going to go to our next part of the series of redigging the world. I was very encouraged by some of the prophetic words and encouragements that came during our worship to really help us. Last week, John was looking at the whole thing of redigging the well of grace. It was a good word. John. I was at Edinburgh all this last week uh, working with some churches up there and had the joy of listening to John all the way back on the train and uh, back to King's Cross and I uh, was really encouraged by what he had to share with us. And it's funny, isn't it? Just like Grace, you kind of realise that when we come to some of these topics, they're so well known to us. It's kind of like you cannot believe, I'm scared actually, one day of being asked, you know, how many preaches on grace did you hear? And how many of them did you respond to? And how many of them made a difference in your life? I think it's very, very true of the Holy Spirit. And uh, if you've been around in this church for uh, quite a few years, you'll be amazed at how many times we've given ourselves to refer to the person of the Holy Spirit and to talk about him. In fact, if you'd gone to Ashburnham 2019, as many of you did, that was really the whole theme of that, that weekend, encountering the Holy Spirit for the first time. Well, those of us who've known encounters with him, now having ongoing experience with him. I even tracked that on May the 23rd this year, I preached on how to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. We were doing Romans together. We, got, we were in chapter 8, and I preached on... The Holy Spirit. I thought, Lord, can I really keep going through this topic again and again? Is there something fresh, a new angle that we can bring to make people not switch off the moment I mentioned the word Holy Spirit? And if you're really interested in getting to grips with the Spirit and all that He does and can do, if you go to the New Ground website and you press teaching and then series, you will find me there doing six sessions on the Holy Spirit. In fact, Nicole, who's sitting just over there, filmed me, didn't you? Day after day after day. I don't know how you did it. She's standing where Greg is now, just with this camera. And that is there because actually a lot of people are quite ignorant of the things of the Spirit, and we need to keep revisiting that aspect. But my fear is this, that we can hear an awful lot of teaching and still not really encounter or experience the person of the Holy Spirit. And when we look at this whole thing of redigging wells and we come to the subject of the Holy Spirit, we need to understand this, that for generations, and dare I say even centuries, the church has known a lot about God the Father and God the Son, but has been quite ignorant almost like the missing part of the Trinity has been the person of the Holy Spirit. And what you need to understand is this, that foundational to churches like New Community, and churches across our New Frontiers family, and churches way beyond that all over the world, all new kind of expressions of church that you see today. I know that's a generalized statement, but I've just made it, it's too late. Much of this has been birthed out of a new understanding and appreciation of the Holy Spirit as a person. And so today, I'm not going to do a whole lot of teaching on who the Holy Spirit is and what he does, etc., etc. I'm really just going to share with you a burden. I've got one shot at this uh, and a burden about the Holy Spirit. And I want you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 7. And we're just going to read three verses together. And then I'll unburden my burden so that it's not just my burden, but it becomes yours as well. (laughs) The Bible says, share our burdens with one another. There you go. John 7, verse 37. On the last day of the feast, Jesus, uh, last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out. And some of your versions had, and cried out With a loud voice. If anyone thirsts. I thought I'd better do that. Let him come to me. Said Jesus and drink. Whoever believes in me. As the scripture has said. Out of his heart. Will flow rivers. Of living water. And John who's written this. Obviously after this was said. Some years later makes a comment. Now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were yet to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And just a comment on verse 39, you can kind of work backwards. The goal of Jesus was not the cross, that wasn't the final goal. The final goal was not even Jesus overcoming death and being alive as he is today. The goal was not actually even finally um, that he would be ascended on high and seated at the right hand of the Father, which he has done. And then the goal next, after that wasn't even the final goal, which is that he would then pour out his Spirit upon all flesh. And the final goal is that he will one day return and there will be a new heaven and there will be a new earth. And the fantastic thing about this, this, we're looking back now, aren't we? And we're saying, Jesus has been glorified, therefore the Spirit has been given, therefore he is alive from the dead and he did die for our sins. And so the assurance that we have this morning that these words of Jesus, which were about the Holy Spirit and you and me, are not only true, but they can be our very... Experience. And as I look at this scripture, I mean, you come to the conclusion that the Holy Spirit is literally a well. We're looking at redigging the wells, and the person of the Holy Spirit is like a well that's in you and in me, like a reservoir within us that needs to be constantly and will be constantly filled. Let's just look, notice a couple of things in this scripture. Here's something to notice, and Wiley brought this prophetically beforehand. So well done, Wiley. You are doing great. It says this, Whoever believes in me the Spirit, message, out of his heart will flow rivers of what? Living water. So that's very significant for us today in 21st century London. This is living water. It's not stagnant water. It's not past Pentecostal water. It's not first century Christian water. It's living water. It's here today and available for us. I want you to also notice something also really important about this passage. Because so far this has been about the action that Jesus does. He'll be, be glorified. He'll send his spirit. And, 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 and then he'll make sure that there are rivers of living water that flow from us. But have you would noticed in this passage how... There's a part for you and I to play. Note this. Jesus says, come. First thing. You'll never know the fullness of the Holy Spirit unless you keep coming to Jesus. You don't come to me. You don't come to leaders in the church. You don't come even to your friends. You come to Jesus. Secondly, thirst. So you've got to come and secondly, you've got to thirst. We don't know much about thirsting, do we, in this country? Um, you know, there are parts of the world that immediately would identify with this. Arid deserts, places where there is no water, places where you have to walk a long way to get to what? The well. You and I don't have to do that. And we live in a nation where water is available. I've got water with me here in this Whatever this is. And I'll just take a sip while I'm talking because I'm thirsty. Did you notice I'm just full of action just then? I came to the water. I'm thirsty. And what do I do now? Help me, someone. Come on, this is like being out in the kids' work. (laughs) There's no point coming, and there's no point thirsting if you don't do the final thing, which is to take a drink. It's full of action. It's full of something that we are invited to do. And this was and is the key to digging and redigging the well of the Holy Spirit. It's ongoing for us as individuals and for us as a church. So if you're just newly converted, you may be uh, coming to Jesus for a drink of the Holy Spirit for the first time. But if you've done it a hundred times, the principle is still the same. You need to keep coming, you need to keep thirsty, and you keep drinking. You could have had an amazing experience of the Holy Spirit back 20 years and stop coming and stop thirsting. It's been a long time since you've had a drink. And therefore, the promise to you this morning is there's living water. You come and do the same thing as you did at the beginning. Now, because this series is called Redigging the Wells, I'm going to... Forgive me for a moment, but I'm going to give you a brief recent history of churches like New Community. I'm not going to do what John did last week and put embarrassing pictures up behind of what people used to look like in those days. They were really cool. (laughs) But I just wanted you to know this, that in the 1960s, it's not too far back, in this country, there grew a desire to know for many for the first time, this missing person of the, Holy Trinity, of, the, of the Holy Trinity, the Holy Spirit. There was this kind of awareness in people that Christianity was missing something. This is not all that it is. Um, we kind of knew there were these things called Pentecostal churches and they were to be avoided at all cost. The majority of Christianity was very nervous and worried and concerned about anything that was to do with kind of Pentecostalism. And so there evolved something which is now called the charismatic movement, which was the restoration of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit beginning to happen in meetings, and basically a, a, a constant desire for more and more of God coming in a new way now I was 16 17 at the time we've now moved on to the 70s if you do your maths I was there some of you were there when this new kind of move of the Holy Spirit happened and it went through all denominations in this country it just went like a fire and not just here but many many nations across the world Why did it happen? It happened because Christians realized there's more available than I am now experiencing. Or at least they were starting to say, there has to be more than this. We can't just stay in this form of Christianity. And so they studied the scriptures and they had people pray for one. A thirst and a hunger and a desire of the spirit began to grow at that time. And that's why it happened, it just happened that Christians very dry in various denominations just started to say, Lord, there's got to be more to Christianity in this, is there, any, is there anything more? And they were opened up to the person of the Holy Spirit. And you know, what it did was it made Christians come alive. It, it made individuals suddenly, who have been dry for so long, have a fresh encounter with you. I remember people in their 70s and 80s who have been Christians since they were teenagers. So kind of towards the end of their lives, having amazing fresh encounters of the Holy Spirit, beginning to speak in tongues, beginning to have rivers of living water flow from within them. And when you're in your 80s, I know one lady was the, the, the church pianist. Pastors came and pastors went, and deacons came and deacons went. She still played the piano. And in her 80s, had this encounter with the Holy Spirit. It was so transformative, it rocked the whole of that church. But if the pianist is getting the Holy Spirit, and she's 80-something, this has got to be something real. It's kind of like the... You, you, you kind of, it's hard for us to describe this right now, but it, was, it, 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 it just changed people's lives. And it not only re- re- renewed individuals' lives... It brought restoration. In other words, it brought not just the individual, but the whole corporate way that you do life was just now up for grabs. It's like, really? The Holy Spirit cannot be contained with an individual here or there, so therefore, what does this look like? What does it mean? Where does it go from here? And it can spread out across the life of the church. Amazing. Undeserved but God in his grace and his mercy pouring out his Holy Spirit upon his people. And you know what it was like? It was fresh, it was new. I have to say they were heady days. People had a life. People began to have passion when it wasn't there before. And there was an absolute expectation for God to move by his Spirit. The philosophy in those days was, if it moves, lay hands on it. It was kind of like the expectation that people, if you prayed for people, they would receive the Spirit, or they begin to move in the gifts of the Spirit, or they'd be renewed when we prayed for one another. There was a fervency. People would often ask one another, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Have you received a fresh touch from God there was a lot of laying hands on people there was a lot of waiting on the presence of God for him to come and of course there were gifts of the Holy Spirit some of which seem to have been dormant for generations I remember as a 17 year old the first time I was in the meeting and I heard someone speaking tongues and I remember the sheer wonder that I because I'd never heard this before and I knew this was God and not man-made. And the sheer wonder of touching something in the presence of God that was so powerful and so real. I remember being in a meeting in Westminster Central Hall, as it happens. And it was being led by a, a, an organization called the Fountain Trust. It was basically a whole load of Anglicans who had been baptized in the Holy Spirit. And some very nervous Baptists looking in from the, from the sidelines. And it was packed, 2,000 people in this and, and, and the worship wouldn't have been particularly amazing. I think it was just a guy on a guitar. And I remember one point he sang, he, he played some sig- fairly insignificant song. It was, it was kind of one up from Kumbaya, you know, it was that kind of thing. But it was a kind of song about Jesus. And it stopped, 2,000 people. And then from the back of the room, people started to sing in the spirit. And it wasn't like accompanied from the front. It was just what it was. There was no accompaniment, no musical background. And it went on and on, and it spread throughout. It came from the back, and it went to the front, and it went from the front to the back, and it came. And I'm in the middle of all of this. And this was life-changing and powerful and real, knowing the presence of God. Just to forewarn you, they were long meetings. (laughs) None of your hour-and-a-half stuff. They were longer meetings, why? Because no one was looking at their watch or thinking of going because it's just like, this is life to us, the appreciation that many of us probably now take for granted was so real, so powerful. And so a new community kicked off basically birthed out of this move of the spirit our worship being spirit-led the unknown the spontaneous not knowing what's around the corner and it wasn't just in meetings we were living our lives like this as people remember Liz and I just fervently making sure that our children knew that they could not be Christians just because they were born into our family And that we needed to lead them on the journey whereby they realized they needed Jesus for themselves and not just because they were our kids. If you're a parent, that's a very important moment for you to come to with your kids. And the joy of when they had come to Jesus, I don't know, 8, 9, 10, 11, that kind of age, then immediately talking to them about, now you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It was just... Normal conversation No one thought that was weird, and then the joy of leading my kids into the baptism of the Holy Spirit and seeing them encounter God for the first time in the spirit. It's not like this anymore. This is a series about redigging the wells. I just don't think it's like this right now. I'm not just talking about us. <laughs> I'm just talking about generally. What I've just described to you would be, whoa, that's a bit, some of us are thinking that's a bit heavy or some of us things that's a bit kind of unusual. So were those days the golden days? Absolutely not. They were full of turmoil. Sometimes very sadly disuniting. They were full of, of difficulties and struggles and battles. This is this morning not nostalgia, wishing it could be like that again, that would be rather dangerous to live in that way. But I tell you what it was. It was digging a new well. And here's the good news for us today. That well is still here. He's the Holy Spirit, the living water. There's no need to go back to the 60s and 70s. Just imagine having to buy all those flares and... Go and get a tambourine for your meeting. (laughs) There's no point going back to that. You don't need to go back. There's no point having, I'm not here today saying, if only, if only, if only, because I can remember other days back there. (laughs) The reality is the Holy Spirit is not stuck in the 60s, 70s, 80s and 90s. The Holy Spirit is here and will be here tomorrow and next year. But there was a well that was dug back in those days. This well is still amongst us as a people, the Holy Spirit. And so we need to learn how to redig that well. And there's a desperate need to redig this well for a new generation, for post COVID Christianity, for the nations that we want to see reach for the gospel. We will never do that without a renewed outpouring of the Holy Spirit to empower us to go on mission so it's a very simple word this morning it's not going to get complicated how how are we called to redig this well of the Holy Spirit and the answer is this exactly the same as that early charismatic movement generation and we will have the same results and the way they did it and the way we should do it is this. Move from passivity into action. Move from a theological understanding of the Holy Spirit, which you will have if you go and watch Nicole's filming of me for six sessions. All the, theolo- theology is important. It's absolutely vital to have a total grasp on the person of the Holy Spirit but to move from just theological understanding to experience the reality of his power and presence. What do we need to do? We need to do some things by faith. What do we need to do? Just as those Christians in the 60s and 70s, exactly the same, do you know what they did? They came, they were thirsty, and they drank. We need a generation that comes to Jesus by faith. To receive his promises, who are thirsty and who will want to drink. Nothing has changed. The Holy Spirit is available. As we heard already this morning, he is living water. But here's the deal you quickly learn this about the Holy Spirit. He never forces himself upon you, he never makes you come. He never makes you thirsty. He never makes you drink against your will. And so, there's no coming, no thirsting, and no drinking. Then the result will be that very, very little will happen in our lives. The problem, if it is a problem, is not with God. It's with, he's provided everything. Sometimes it's with us, and I wonder why I don't come, especially after the 18 months we've just been through. Why I'm not as thirsty as I should be and why I don't, even when I come and thirst, learn how to drink from what he has promised and what he has given to us. And this is an invitation for all of us who are Christians from the youngest to the oldest. It's a promise. It's a gift. For all Christians in the New Testament that came just like you and me to be born again of the Spirit of God there was then the invitation to get to know the person of the Holy Spirit, to be empowered by him, to, be, to experience him in a fresh way. It's not the same as conversion. <clears throat> it's beyond that, this living water that John talks about in this passage. Therefore, we need to learn to ask. We need to learn to believe. Do you know what we need to do to believe? Is to know that you're qualified to receive. What is the qualification for anyone here this morning receiving from the Holy Spirit? The answer is, are you a child of God? And if the answer is, yes, I am a child of God, then you absolutely qualify. This is not for experienced Christians or leaders. This is for every single person, even a nine-year-old, seven-year-old, anyone who comes and asks and believes because they know they're qualified because they're children of God. And then they need to receive. And the word that receive in scripture so often has to do with that concept of taking hold of that which has already been promised to you. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit <coughs> to those who ask him? <coughs> so we need to be a people of action. And that means all of those things, but it means other things as well, just very quickly. It means that we are to be a people who pray for one another. (laughs) That's action. This has been something that's not been able to happen a lot. You can't lay hands on people on a Zoom call. But we're getting more and more in person, which means we need to get into action a little bit more. It means I need to be able to free. And we do it very sensitively. If you don't want someone to pray for you or a bit nervous because of you know, the COVID thing around. But we do need to move into action. We do need to start to pray for one another. That starts to unlock something. It's action. Something we need to get into. Across our congregations, it just needs to kind of mobilize ourselves. And when you start to pray for people, if I was to say, now let's go pray for people. <sighs> it's so hard. You're not match fit. It's so weird and difficult. We were with a, a, a team in, in in Edinburgh on Friday morning, no Thursday morning, and we were meeting with this this team of of, of a church together. And we had such a great time of sharing and learning, and uh, we said, "Let's pray for you." As me, a, another pastor, and Liz, so we prayed, and then and then Liz said, "I just I I just can sense the Holy Spirit upon." Each of you. There are about eight of them as we're praying. And I was sitting there thinking, I don't sense the Holy Spirit upon anybody. Then she says, so I think we should get up. And we should now, the three of us will now lay hands on you. It was just like, this is so strange. I haven't done this for so long. And I was as sharp as a sausage when I started (laughs) praying. I mean, there was just nothing. And I watched Liz and there's people and falling out, and it's just like, and I'm going. "Mm, mm, mm." I mean, I was just so, so rusty, so ill-equipped, so out of my comfort zone. But God started meeting with people. It's not about me and my hands. It's about what the Holy Spirit can do through us as we pray and minister to one another. And what I'm trying to say to you is, is this, if you want encounters with the Holy Spirit, you cannot be passive. You need to start to move towards him to find that he then moves towards you. I mean, exactly the same. Next week, we're going to look at the gifts of the Spirit, but just touching on it briefly. When you proph- How do you prophesy? You open your mouth. It's as you speak that the Holy Spirit gives you words. How do you speak in tongues? You don't wait for the Spirit to come and make your mouth move. The Bible is very clear. As you speak, he gives you the utterance. You've got to make a move so that he can then make a move. And I think as a church community, if you want to experience what people were experiencing in the 60s and 70s and 80s, that's what they were doing and that's what we must do again to redig this well. What did Paul say to Timothy? Fan into flame the gift that is within you. And he didn't say God will fan into flame. You, Timothy, start doing some things and you'll, feel, you'll notice that that well that's been blocked for the last 10 years will start to be unblocked. Dave Holden, start laying hands on people and you'll notice as you do, the well will be unblocked. It's something that God wants us to get hold of today if we're to move and to redig this well of the Holy Spirit. And I guess my fear, and this has been my burden this morning, is that we will stay passive and not move into action. <coughs> We're going to run out of time, but to redig this well, we need as a community to start allowing the Holy Spirit to have his freedom amongst us. <coughs> and we need to talk about him. I don't know how else to say it. We need to talk about him. We need to be lovingly in in one another's faces about the person of the Holy Spirit. We need to develop an everyday expectation and faith. That when we talk about him and when we pray for one another, when we let him have his way, that remarkable things will happen. Maybe if you're in a community, I hope you are, Over the next few weeks, just have a conversation. Ask people, what's your experience of the Spirit? Have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Do you move in the gifts of the Spirit? Are you a bit frightened of the Holy Spirit? This is my experience. And start to get that, cultivate that conversation so it becomes part of the culture of new community. Because my fear is this, if we do not do this and stay passive, the work of the Holy Spirit will begin to dry up altogether and I don't want to be in a church like that John mentioned it last week we keep mentioning it this concept of one generation fought another one assumes and then the third one loses when we make that statement by the way we're not saying it is a, a kind of logo for our church we mention it because it's not the will of God and so this series is stopping that natural process And I think there was a generation back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s that fought for this. Battles that you may never, ever know about. And there is a danger now that we can just assume that this generation will know about this and we find that they do not. I I kind of sleep okay most of the time, but there are times, I mean, COVID's been weird. I've dreamt the most unbelievably weird dreams during COVID. But there are times when I do lose sleep over a few things. And one that I know I lose sleep over is this deep concern that what my generation experienced, a new generation won't. I don't want my grandkids being raised in a church where all they hear is granddad's stories about what happened back there with the Spirit. I want them to have their own today encounter of the Spirit of God. And guess what? That's only going to happen if this issue is raised and it's spoken about and it's brought to their attention. I want to finish with this. If folk at the back are watching all my verses that were going to come up later, I'm sorry, we've run out of time. If you wanna know about them, come back this afternoon and maybe we'll get into some of them. But let me finish with this. I believe that it's so vital that we don't shortchange people because of our lack of passion for the things of the Spirit. What am I talking about? Well, who could be shortchanged? Well, obviously, people who come to Jesus. New converts, we've just seen people responding to the gospel here in this community just last week. Here's my fear that if we don't then introduce them to the power of the Holy Spirit, we're shortchanging them on the fullness of what they can experience in God. So people come to Jesus, no one particularly talks to them about the Holy Spirit. They kind of hear a bit and learn a bit and pick it up a bit, but then they kind of get used to doing their Christian life and they desperately need the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm a great believer in someone coming to Jesus and within the next few weeks, we introduce them <laughs> to the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you know as well as I do, you cannot live this Christian life without him. And so how important is when you're newly born again that you're empowered by God? Because you're already facing so many changes. Second group of people that we can shortchange is our children. So in other words, if we're not talking to our kids, they'll, they, they'll be the generation, just, we'll just assume it. So they're sitting in a meeting, someone speaking tongues, and they're, they're not caught in wonder like I was as a 17-year-old. They're just thinking, well, that's what happens in our church, and it's a bit weird. They just don't get it or understand the depth of what's going on. And then, of course, your children become youth. And then by that time, they've kind of got lots of other thoughts and ideas. We desperately need to introduce our children to the person of the Spirit. This is not, they're not in tomorrow's church, they're in today's church. They're part of this church. So they need to encounter what we are encountering as well. And then the other group of people are Christians who join us from other traditions and other backgrounds. And sometimes, you know, people can come into a church like this and think, I'm so glad I've found a lively church, a cool church, a church which is up-to-date and relevant. And I like it, there's life here. You can come here from another church and think, this is the kind of church for me. What you don't understand is the reason this church is like this is, is not because we're cool and relevant and and kind of up to date, it's because we've had an experience of the Spirit. That's what makes us alive. And for you to come from another tradition into this church community, our desire will be to introduce you to the Spirit of God so that you don't kind of short, get shortchanged by thinking, well, if I just do whatever, they seem to do that in meetings. Maybe I'll start doing that. And some of them seem to do that a little bit in meetings, but only cautiously. Maybe I'll do, you kind of you copy things without the reality of the experience. The reason we do these things is because of the Holy Spirit, not for any other reason. And I'll finish with this, this illustration. This is absolutely true. This happened in August. A new ground church, that's the family churches we meet with. One of the elders of that church was chatting to a lady at the end of their meeting. And she said, I am going to join this church. It's such a wonderful church. But I'm also going to join this church because it's not charismatic. That's what she said. He took that comment into the elders meeting. And they were absolutely devastated she'd been coming for months and months no gifts no sense of touch of the Holy Spirit and she just wanted to be there and not have that we got got together and literally the, the lead elder was saying we got on our knees before God and we said God forgive us and throughout the whole of September that church has been going through an amazing renewal Gifts of the Spirit being restored, etc. I don't know if that lady's still there. I hope she is. I hope she hasn't noticed. <laughs> I hope she's there because she's been won over. But that was a wake-up call. I don't, I don't want to be. I don't want people to say that about us as a church. So we welcome you, Holy Spirit, just to come to us right now in these few moments as we respond to your word. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to stir something in our hearts today. Maybe some of us who um, are hearing this and we're reminded (laughs) of former days and we yearn for those days again, not nostalgically or trying to go back but because we, we just know and sense that maybe this well has become a bit blocked for some of us here today, there's a sense as we respond to this word of, of lack. We've just never really known much about the things of the Spirit. And I, I want you to know that this community was birthed in that, and we need more of the Holy Spirit, not less. We don't grow up and not need him. We don't become mature and think we know how to do these things. In fact, I feel God would say to us, many of us, myself, it's time to become a child again. Children are great because they're just so simple in their faith. They're childlike in their faith. God wants a generation who are childlike, who can reach out and be those who receive again. If you give a child a glass of water and they're thirsty, they hardly hold back, do they? They don't have their hands behind their back or in their pockets. They reach out to that. Lord, would you teach us how to drink? I pray people will become thirsty for the Spirit. I pray that those of us who have become used to things, so they've now become traditions, will stop for a moment. Even this morning, Lord, we pray for a redigging of this well that's never left us, because Holy Spirit, you are here with us today. you feel just comfortable just why don't you just do what I'm doing just lift your hands here you may never have done this before we welcome you Holy Spirit into the lives of every person here in a fresh new way would you cause a tremendous thirst to come upon us even if we've never felt it before a thirst for the things of the Spirit of God That word that Wiley brought at the end of our worship, there are wells to be unblocked. I believe that this is one of those wells. And as we are thirsty, Lord, as you reach out to us with the promise of the Holy Spirit, we drink from you. We, by faith, receive from you today afresh. And I I want to be as bold as to pray, Lord, that from even today, a new thing will happen amongst us. Something fresh. I pray for many to, to become active where they've been passive. Forgive us, Lord where we are passive. We, are, we understand that COVID has not helped. We're kind of coming out of that now and I pray that you would give many of us opportunities to speak, to pray, to minister to others and the things of the Spirit.